back to Systematic. Hope everyone's keeping well and using their time uh, productively and positively. So we hope that this podcast episode will be of an interesting subject to you. So let's get started, Pri. Yes. Hello, everyone. Hope everyone is good. And we've got a very exciting, um, I would say, module to talk about. But it's the it is how to overcome the fear of public speaking. And the reason why I say it's a module, there's so much around this topic. But what we want to do today is give you information and also a few tips and tricks that you could utilize when you're doing any form of public speaking. So even right now, it may be on Zoom. Yeah. You may not be doing it in person, but you'll have that presence online where you may be delivering a presentation. So for me, one thing I want to say is that even if you're doing it virtually, you're sitting comfortably in your home, the nerves are still there. They're still there, yeah, exactly. And it could be a few people in just a meeting at work, or it could be something a bit larger than that if you're doing a proper presentation. So we thought it'd be an interesting topic to share with you guys. And it's actually one of the number number one fears or the top list uh, when it comes to things that people are worried about when it comes to generic skills and public speaking is the top one there Um, and something that was really interesting to find out was what the actual definition and meaning behind that comes from which is the word glossophobia or speech anxiety, which is the fear of public speaking. And glossophobia, you wouldn't think that it's related to public speaking. And I think most of the phobias have completely different words, but that's what it means. Yeah, so now we're going to give you a little bit of information around public speaking, all the kind of fun facts, because there's information and tips within that which we're going to share with you so the first one is fear of public speaking can actually cut your wages or your income by 10 percent on average wow so this is an interesting fact so the reason why i find this quite intriguing is because it doesn't actually matter what industry you're in and also the different roles that you may be partaking in they all will require some form of speaking in front of an audience so even if you're not managing people, you may be experiencing that in terms of presenting, in terms of the line of business that you have. Yeah. So I just felt like, wow, the actual fear will have a direct in, uh, impact on your income. That's very powerful. Yeah, and that really leads into the second fact, which is the fear of public speaking inhibits promotion to management by 15%. So it's quite similar to the first one, but it just shows you that more leadership and management roles out there that you may consider, it's a very high chance that they would require you speaking to a large number of people as well as managing. I think it's the normal, you know, doing a presentation is a part of pretty much anything that you do, it doesn't matter what line of work you're in. And it's something that they mention at university and they get you to do presentations and etc. when you're, you know, when you're at school, sixth form at uni, it's included in some way or form. I know I studied something completely different from Priya, but we both would have had that aspect when we were at uni. What I like is the fact that we know public speaking can be rooted down to a lot around confidence and self-confidence because public speaking is literally even having a conversation. So even you and I speaking will require a level of confidence, a level of you know what you're saying, which we will cover a lot later. But this particular fact, once again, people don't realise that any leadership role will 
literally evolve and revolve around people it's not a one man or one woman show so i liked how the ability just to communicate and present is important and sometimes at university or during your educational life you may not have had that formal training so i'm going to put my hands up and say i haven't had anything where yeah. i've attended or a workshop where someone has gone you know what this will be good for you if you try doing this we'll share our stories and our journey but most importantly unless you actively seek out to be part of something which requires you to push yourself this is an area which is pretty much untapped for a lot of people, people yeah and we really want to focus and our goal is to help people who are trying just to push themselves and excel in what they're doing so this could be even for work for business even in life i think public speaking has direct correlation to confidence yeah i agree with that completely and another really cool fact was and i'm sure you're probably aware of this already in terms of your delivery and that's ma- that matters more than what you're actually saying so what your content is um so it's not important in terms of what you're saying of course it is to an extent but the way you say it, and i think that's in generic it comes to relationship building it's not about what you're saying it's the way you say it and that comes down into a lot of studies that have been performed which all suggest that effective presentations are 38% your voice 55% non-verbal communication which could be you know body language etc and how you're looking um and facial expressions for example and then 7% is actually your content so the smallest amount is what you're actually saying and the information you're delivering so there is more to a presentation than just having flashy slides or um what you're actually saying and i think one other key point is a lot of people feel like they can just sort of talk off a slide yeah. or a presentation and have everything the whole point of a presentation is to have key points and you're supposed to elaborate on it but i have seen a lot um in my personal experience people will just put word for word what they want on mm. the presentation but you need to make it interactive definitely the next one is talk less to engage your audience more Now for me I I I think this is simply crazy. So you're speaking and sharing but you're actually telling yourself to um talk less even though you're delivering a presentation. There's a reverse uh, psychology in this. There's another study that which that has been conducted where it states that if the presenter does all the talking and there's no involvement at all from start to finish with the audience, the audience engagement actually drops by 14%. Now that's quite a bit. Now we can experience this in our modern world in the sense that people can't even watch a full YouTube video on a topic. People can't even listen to even a full podcast. And that just shows retention rate is so critical. So simply asking other people to be involved and making it interactive will actually engage the people the people that you're speaking to in a lot more yeah. depth they'll feel they're part of your presentation and they'll remember it and they'll remember what you're covering yeah. a lot more so this is really powerful and 14% is something that we do not want to be doing so even when you're on zoom when you're online you can engage and you can do that by asking other people to participate obviously in person you can do it with your body language and and provoke a discussion but online make it a, a conscious effort yeah. to bring up names bring up people who you know exactly because sometimes when you're on zoom people might not be able to really speak up and actually 
respond to what you're saying because they may all be muted if yeah. you've got a lot of people on the conference call and normally in person if, if you say something funny you'll hear people laughing yeah. you'll see their um, expressions you know in front of you compared to it being virtually so it is slightly different and we'll talk about how we've sort of transitioned from presenting face to face and now moving over to online platforms but the last thing which is adding facts and figures to a presentation increases the audience retention by 20%. And I think this is important. So like I mentioned earlier, it's about what you're looking at. And Priya figured this one out on her own because she she always includes facts and figures whenever she's presenting on something because people remember interesting facts. And we've seen it a lot, to be honest. And you want it to be relevant to your topic, but do a bit of research. It, it shows your audience that you actually care about the topic that you're speaking about because you've gone above and beyond to find out some interesting facts and really enlighten your audience definitely like alicia said this is something that i had done even before realizing that this will impact the retention of people but i love sharing you know exciting bits of information which is just so much fun for me to talk about so um, alicia and i are going to share our journeys and i'm going to continue with me so I just personally, from day one, I just didn't like talking in general to other human beings. It was quite a challenge. I'm quite introverted in that regard. I used to love listening to people. I used to love like being in a group of people who were talking. I would love just to hear and be fully part of that in that kind of second seat, you know, in the back seat kind of way. But over the years, I've been able to really hone and focus on pushing myself outside my comfort zone. So I've been very fortunate. So for above 12 years now, I have been actively presenting in front of an audience every Friday, not every Friday, but every week, I like to say weekly, uh, where I'm literally delivering a topic, uh, a particular discussion point. And this has allowed me just to, in terms of an onion, take off all those layers, which was just masking who I really was. And what I love about the journey of being able to confidently present in front of other people, just being pre- just being able to present in front of one person is a journey in itself. So I love how even I know I mentioned this in my in our first episode where someone had said, "Oh Priya, you need to present." I was like, "I just don't know who Priya is. She sounds like a nice lady, but she's not in this room." And that was my attitude. I would do anything to avoid it. I can still remember my heart would beat so fast. It would pump out and it would be like it was sitting in my hand just pumping because it, it was just so nerve-wracking. And the reason why I had my fear of public speaking, you got to go deeper than this. Why are you scared to speak in front of people? My biggest fear was, am I adding value? Am I actually saying something that people want to hear? And I'm also afraid of being judged and also afraid of being rejected. So in terms of all the rejections yeah. and all the fears out there, it all, it all boils down to do a few things. But I feel like the more clarity that you have with yourself, the more clarity you can portray when you're speaking. So yeah, I'm, I've started from ground zero, not really into speaking amongst my, my friends or my peers or at school. And now if you tell me to speak in front of a thousand people, I'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll book it in my diary, <laughs> totally. I'll get Alicia to book into my diary. But yeah, I love that. I love that personal victory. And I know from this point, I'm going to excel from there. There's so much still to learn about this area. And I feel like it's even coming to this point where we're doing this podcast and this episode, 
it's, be, it's because I've come along that journey and I know Alicia's come through her as well. Yeah, so for me, it's been a little bit on the opposite side. And if, if you guys know us as sisters, we're, we are pretty opposite. But yeah. um, and it's really nice that we're able to do this podcast as something that brings us together. But for me, growing up, I'd always been on that confident side of things. And I don't know exactly where I got it from, but my parents have always said it, that I was one of the confident child growing up out of our siblings out of three. <laughs> and um and yeah like I don't really know where, it, where it's come from but it's just been like that throughout my life from as um little as I was and from what I remember but one thing that I really feel like pushed me was um a competition that I took part in when I was in year five at primary school so I believe I would have been nine yeah or 10 years old I don't remember the yeah I think so because when you go into secondary school you're about 11 or 12 so I was probably 10 years old and there was a competition that the school had where it was about public speaking really and I think it was a great opportunity even back in the day then it's been years since I was at primary school but having those opportunities was really great. So the way the competition started was you'd pick a topic on whatever you wanted to talk about. And um, I picked something that was based around geography and, and travel, for example. But you just pick whatever you would like to present. And I think you have maybe five or 10 minutes to do it. So everybody would do that. And then in the class, you would be split into groups. And then everybody would share their presentation in their, say, group of five. Mm. And then they would all vote who did the best presentation. And then within the classroom, there might be the top five people. And then those five people would then present to the whole class. And then everyone would vote who spoke the best and did the best presentation. And so I won my my group. I won my year five class. And then there was one person from each class in year five. So that would have been three people. Because I think we had about three classes per year back then. I know it's a lot different now. Um, so then the next one was to present the, those three people, including myself, to present in front of the whole of year five oh, wow. in like an assembly setting. So that would have been around 100, including yeah. teachers. I would have been around 100 people. Um, so I won that. And then it Yay. was um, after the whole of year five. I'm sure it included like years three, four, five, six. So is it is that key stage two? Yeah. Um, so that's a lot more people and I had to present in front of everybody there and after that it was um I represented my school so I represented my primary school and I then competed with other schools in the borough wow so I, I made it really far and I remember my mom taking me to other schools where I would then go and present Aww. and everybody would really like vote and and you know say who did the best um, presentation what was the expressions what was their topic was it engaging and I actually still have all the bits and bobs that I did um, back then so it was really fun and then after that it was chosen within the borough so um, the last stage was sharing in front of the mayor of London at that time I don't remember his name but it was um, at our sort of local civic centre, I yeah. believe. And I represented my school and there was, I think, maybe four other schools. Um, and then it was came down to the semi-finals. Um, yeah. yeah, semi-finals and then final. 
And then I had to share it to a lot of other people. And like I said, the mayor of London. And it was such a great experience. I came second place. Yay. Um, so I was a runner-up yeah. finalist, I guess. And there was a really nice, um, another young girl who won. And her facial expressions were a lot better than mine. And I remember <laughs> noting it. And I knew why I didn't win it. Didn't win gold. I got silver because of those facial expressions and the way she was very open with her body language and at a young age that was really great so that was that one thing that I was missing but I was so proud of myself that I made it that far yeah and at the age of 10 I had presented to hundreds of people and even now thinking about it and looking back I was like wow I think that's what really propelled me and it then just became pretty natural and then going into secondary school I was someone who would always be like yeah I'll do it or I'll do the presentation I would always be that type of it makes me sound like a proper teacher's pet but I really enjoyed it I like presenting to people so I think that's where it came from me I had a really good experience and I've still got all my things from there I still have my medal that I got so it was a great experience and I think that's what's really helped me but just because I was good at it when I was 10 years old <laughs> and some people who yeah. know me can say that yeah you're a great presenter you speak really well but there's always ways to improve. I haven't always been the way I am right now. There's been those moments where I am pushing myself and improving. And one of that was in the, the body language yeah. part. And if we go back to the, the facts that we shared, that's 55% nonverbal communication. So my voice was, I think it was good. Yeah. And my content was great, but I was lacking a little bit of that nonverbal communication. So that's where I learned and when I found out about the figures, I was like, wow, that's half of well, yeah. your whole presentation is 55% is nonverbal communication. So that's my story. But like Priya said, we've had the opportunity to be able to present a lot more, whether it was then after going to secondary school, sixth form, university, and then kicking our careers and in the working environment. It's just given me loads of opportunities to just get better and better. But I feel like there's always something to learn and improve. Yeah, no, thank you, Alicia, for sharing that because it's such a lovely story. And I actually still remember when we went to the Civic Center. Yeah. And sitting, I remember sitting at the back and then we had to watch you present. And obviously, the mayor will always stand out because they have to wear that gold chain yeah. thing. But um, yeah, it's, and I love that because that's a defining moment within your life. It's something you look back to that you're proud of. But also, it's the fact that you didn't win, but you've also learned from it. I really like that as well, because at a young age, sometimes you don't know. You're like, oh my God, I didn't win. I want to cry. But that wasn't your attitude. Yeah. So well done to the 10-year-old Alicia <laughs> and beyond. But now, after sharing our stories, it's just so nice and exciting because... Hopefully you guys could think of any period or experience that you've had where you thought, you know what, I did this when I was at, you know, sixth form or when I was at university, I did that or I was part of this club. It just shows you sometimes even the things that we may not have noticed may even be pushing us out of our kind of comfort zone. Right, so now we're going to move over to how can we help you guys? How can we give you some tips on delivering an effective presentation? So we have a few that we're going to cover with you. And the first one, which is my most important yes. one, I would say, is yes. preparation. Planning is super oh. key. And I think everybody knows this, but... For me, I will. I would not like to present if I've not planned. I haven't put a, put some time aside to really think about what I'm going to do. And especially when you're delivering a presentation on a topic at work, or in your in your business at university, 
you need to plan what you're going to say. And of course, if you're making a presentation, you need to make it. (laughs) You can't just pull up something and then start talking. You need to know what you're covering and add in that information. But preparation is the most important and that's why it's number one on our list. It's also important when you're preparing to stick to your allocated time slot and make sure that you cover your points and you can do that within that time frame because nobody likes a presentation that goes on longer than it yeah. should. And I'm sure being somebody who's heard presentations, I'm sure you guys have as well. When someone finishes either earlier or on time, you're like, wow, that's a great presentation. Yeah. But when it goes on longer, you're like, oh my God, you start to lose your attention and you're, you're just like, this is too long now. So it's important to keep to your time limit. So when you prepare you can give you yourself time slots and make sure you fit it within the time frame. Yes, Alicia was the first, is the best one to cover the first point, which is preparation. Alicia would prepare for what she would say to me, joking, <laughs> but she would prepare everything that she's saying. It's just good because I've seen her do this and I know it's powerful for her. And this helps her overcome the fear because once she knows she's planned, she knows what she's doing. She'll feel more confident. Yeah, exactly. And I won't have that moment where I feel like, oh my God, I don't know what to say. My mind's gone blank. If I'm prepared and I've got a few key words, whether you use flashcards in person delivering a presentation, even if you have notes when you're presenting on Zoom, I do it all the time. Don't be afraid. No one can see your notes when you're presenting virtually. So that's really great. But have those points because... I know how awkward it is when your mind just goes blank and you just forget what you're saying or, (laughs) you know, you you just, you don't want to get into that brain freeze. So I like being prepared. I will always have notes and that's what makes me feel confident when doing a presentation. Brilliant. The second tip is have a purpose. Know what you are talking about. What is the purpose of this whole reason why you need to present? And also, once you have finished presenting, what do you want people to think about or be informed within a certain topic? Or also, most importantly, how do you want them to feel after they've heard from you? Do they want to be walking away or getting up from their seat with tangible information? Or do they want to feel inspired? I feel like once you've understood the purpose, it also allows you to prepare more effectively. So I know if I'm delivering a presentation example on resilience, I want to also make sure that I'm uplifting people, giving them something that they can uh, walk away with and action straight away. So I've got that end in mind. And this is a tip that uh, is actually one of the strategies, which is part of the seven habits of highly effective people. One of those habits is have the end in mind. And for, for us, it's the end of the presentation. What, yeah, the purpose. You know, when you get up and walk away, what, what's the thoughts? Or do you want it just to be another presentation? I feel like now we are communicating so much more effectively. We can express ourselves. So let's do this to enhance work, life, business, education. Yeah, definitely. The third point is fact and fi- facts and figures. And we have mentioned this already, so we won't go into too much detail. But do some further research. We've shown that the retention is a lot more better when you've got facts and figures. And that also goes along with having um, photographs, um, sort of graphical presentations because that's more visual and I think most of the people that I've come across they like that visual aspect no one likes seeing a lot of text on a presentation have things that they will remember oh my god 100% profit you know someone's doing a business (laughs) presentation or whatever it is but have those big numbers make it colorful and not 
bland because maybe people are looking at your presentation but they're also looking at you so you want to add that you don't you want to spice it up i guess but one tip is to consider the history of something so you know if you're delivering a presentation and you know you work in the fashion industry for example and you're delivering a presentation on um you know a fabric research how is this fabric made where does it come from what sort of um cultures and traditions yeah. come behind that so really go into it because those things are interesting i'd love to hear um that i know once priya did a presentation on something simple as toothpaste guys <laughs> it was a great presentation because she went back into history and told everybody what did people brush their teeth with back in the day when there was no toothpaste what did people use do you, do you remember what you said <laughs> I, i just remember it being one of those presentations which no one would ever forget i I kind of went into people would use kind of leftover I, I believe it was greenery so literally like grass so it was and like stuff. charcoal Char- yeah all the weird stuff that you would have and you'll just use your finger but I liked I I I remember that presentation was effective because people still remember it till date yeah. and also I love to add a bit of comedy or a joke where you can make sure it's relevant so don't be talking about something or hey I've got a joke and then it's just Yeah, you just like say it. <laughs> you know, you're not trying to be a comedian as well as, you know, do a presentation, part-time stand-up comedian. Humor is key, but let it be natural. And I feel like when you're talking about something and you think of something that's funny, just say it and let it's it flow. It's very organic. It'll just come yeah. out because I always say this about Priya. She's she's not known as a really funny person like day-to-day life but when she presents everyone always giggles and everyone will all be, always be like oh my god you're so funny i love that so you know it's like a different side to you yeah. but <laughs> moving on um to the fourth point is practice and i think this is really important especially if you're new to it or you still have that fear of public speaking is practice whether that's with your friends your family anybody who would care to listen but don't make the final presentation your first version you want to make sure that you've practiced and do it in front of the mirror i remember when i was at school i would present in front of the mirror with yeah. my flashcards um and practice like that or maybe record yourself i think video recording is good because you can watch back and look at what are you, what's your body language what are your facial expressions are you keep looking down at your notes are you keeping your head down or are you looking up at the audience and projecting your voice so it's really important to practice and um sort of nail it before you actually go and deliver the final presentation definitely and you can also join a group where you can practice weekly you can There's a lot of um, tools and and teams and uh, groups out there where you can showcase. I've heard of Toastmasters where they will yeah. literally every week they will have this get together where you're given a topic. Literally, you're given it before you're going up to speak. So oh, the wow. topic is like I don't know. I'm thinking about cheese. You need to speak about cheese for five minutes. Oh wow! And you probably oh and- I don't know how I'll deal with that because <laughs> I need to prepare. So as you can see, also doing a presentation on the spot is a skill and it's an art form. Yeah, I know you probably could do it, Leash, because even we're doing this podcast episodes, we do per plan, but we also uh, make sure it's quite organic at the same time. Yeah, definitely. So, so we have our key points. Yeah. but At the end of the day, we're speaking from what our sort of experience yeah. and knowledge is so the toastmasters the philosophy is you you in your life you've experienced enough cheese hopefully you either love it or hate it but this it forces you to yeah. cultivate your thoughts and that's a skill in itself so i really like um that idea 
the fifth point I was going to cover, which is storytelling. Yeah. Great, just like a typical story, beginning, middle and end. Stick to a structure. If it's if you don't like the simple one, like beginning, middle and end, find another one, follow that framework and make sure it suits your style. Because you might want to might have a four-part um, process. Yeah. Like, you know, you're setting the scene, you're talking about the action, you're talking about the result and also your reflection. But just make sure it, it flows. It has a stru- somewhat of a structure yeah. to it. Because you don't want a presentation or, or deliver a presentation that's all over the place. When it has structure, it'll give you a lot more confidence because you know it's going to flow in a certain way. Yeah, And it also makes your audience feel a lot more better because if you're going to tell them what you're going to tell them, then you tell them, and then you tell them what you've told them. I know this is a play on words, yeah. but it's just so powerful. You feel that the the end user who is a listener, they feel more informed. And that's, exactly. the, that's the whole point. You're not presenting for yourself. You're presenting for other people. Yeah. And I think that's another point that we wanted to cover as well because it's not about you. When you're delivering a presentation, it's because you're informing somebody else. You're giving information to a person or a group of people. So it's really about them. It's really about the information that they're going to take and what value we're going to be adding to them. It's not about, oh my God, how well did I do? Is my hair straight? Do I have lipstick on my teeth? It's not about that. But one other point that we wanted to share was making eye contact. And I know a lot of people will always be afraid of this because sometimes we'll have a conversation with our friends and we can't give them eye contact. And this is the number one thing that people mention. Yeah. Um, and I've read it in a lot of books as well. If you're conversating with just one person, a group of people, eye contact is the most important thing. So don't be afraid um, when you're delivering a presentation, whether you pick a few people, if they're on the front row, you know, maybe one at the front, one in the middle, one at the back, but look at people throughout your presentation and give yourself that familiar face. You know, you might pick someone who's really smiley and really like nodding away like, yeah, I get you. But when you're doing it online, which some people will be probably doing more of now, look at your audience. If you're using Zoom, go on the gallery view and look at people and don't always look at your video and how you're looking. So that's really important to make that eye contact so people know that you're actually invested in them and giving them the right information. The next point is you do not need to be perfect. If you even pronounce a word incorrectly, Alicia knows I do this every day. <laughs> you know, just pace yourself, correct yourself if you can. If you can't, don't worry. Just yeah, just let it go and continue on. Yeah, because the grammar police are not in the audience. They will not arrest you on the spot and you will not be fined. So you can make a mistake and also sometimes you've got your sentences planned. And if you, and when you're saying something, you're like, oh, that's not how I wanted to say it. You are more than welcome to stop and go, you know what? Let me just go back to the beginning and say it again. People appreciate authenticity. On, yeah, it's being more honest. Yeah, and people don't want a robot speaking to them. So it's, it's cool. You yeah. don't need to be perfect. And the eighth point is your nerves, which is a good thing. <laughs> it's always something that everyone will feel and that sort of butterfly um, feeling in your stomach. But... It's normal to be nervous before you speak. It shows that you care about what you're doing, but it also shows that you want to do a good job and you want to make that impact. So nerves will push you to do your best. Yeah. The next point is smile. A smile can solve everything. So example now, I'm just speaking 
just with like not opening my mouth much but when I smile you can actually uh, hear it yeah. hear it a lot more and you can have more presence rather than being a lot more stern yeah. and firm. but also visually when you're presenting whether on zoom or in person you want to look like you're happy and you're having a good time and like Priya said not a robot just looking down and like yeah, I'll thank you guys for listening. This is what I wanted to cover today. You want to look up and, and, and show um, your facial expressions as it's really important. And then the 10th thing is your tone. Um, avoid speaking in monotone. And I'm sure there's lots of you who have had experience of this at university. I knew that we had one lecturer who would just speak in such a monotone that it would just put you to sleep. And these were like two, three hour lectures and we just couldn't survive it because it wasn't <laughs> interesting enough. So change the tone of your voice and avoid speaking in that monotone robotic way. Add character and enthusiasm. You know, whether you're moving around and um, changing your voices, add that character into what you're saying. So people see your passion. If it's really a presentation about what you're passionate about. And um, it's an experience at the end of the day and you want to share that experience with other people. So be fully immersed in sharing that feeling with others. Brilliant. So shall we do our... Is it famous acronym? Is, or someone else said it was something else. The word. Yeah, somebody else gave me another word. We say it's an acronym, but I believe mnemonic. there's a lot of... Uh, yeah, I think it was mnemonic. mnemonic. Um, what it, whatever it may be called. We don't need to be perfect. We don't need to <laughs> pronounce and make sure we say everything correctly. But back to the most important sister... Um, I'm going to say acronym because that's what I've always called it. The sister acronym. And we want to just summarise, put all our thoughts together. So sister... The first S in sister is keeping things simple. Uh, a simple presentation is more memorable than a presentation that just over kind of overwhelms Kills, you yeah. and overkills. The I in sister is for innovative. And that means don't make your presentation um, boring because that will make you feel bored when you're presenting it, let alone your audience feel bored. So think of new creative ideas. How can you be more interactive with your audience and engage them better? The second S is for style. Everyone has their own signature style. And when you start presenting, you'll have this flow and your yeah. own rhythm. You need to be doing and, and working on this area quite a bit to actually understand what your style is. So Alicia and I actually do have very di differing styles. Yeah, and then just own whatever is yours and make it work for you. And T is tone, which I've just mentioned as have that enthusiasm in the way you speak and don't be a robot. Yeah, and E is enthusiasm, like Alicia just said. It's if you're excited, other people will be excited. If you're bored, they'll be bored. Yeah, it's contagious. And also enthusiasm can be also be portrayed by what you wear, how you dress. I always feel like if you're well put together and you're ready, it also prepares the audience to be ready to take you seriously as well. Exactly. And the R in sister is for review. And I think this is a common one where we need to reflect how our presentation went and ask people for feedback. I'm sure people will share their feedback if they've thoroughly enjoyed it. But ask somebody, you know, was how was that? How did you feel when I delivered the presentation? Review your own um, ways of presenting. And maybe there's certain things that we can work on for next time. Mm -hmm. So th that's the sister acronym that we wanted to cover with you guys. And we hope that you've learned something through this and we've helped you to overcome this fear of public speaking that a lot of people have. Definitely. And there's two books that we would like to recommend. The first one is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And the second is Simply Speaking, the no sweat way to prepare and deliver presentations. So if you want to do some more reading 
and hone into that skill set a lot more we would recommend those two and there's probably plenty out there so don't be afraid if you this is an arena that you want to focus on go for it yeah reach out and find out different ways that you can learn how to overcome it and if you feel that you want to reach out to us then please do uh, rate and review this episode and podcast subscribe share it with your friends and family and we look forward to speaking to you on our next episode bye everyone bye